chapter 21. We'll be looking at David still for a little while, um, but in 1 Samuel 21, we come to a uh, situation where Saul has tried uh, to kill David, and ultimately now Jonathan has warned David. Uh, we, we skipped over that full story, but um, with the arrows, and um, you can go back and see that in chapter 20. Um, but uh, in verse 41 of chapter 20, it talks about David left as soon as the lad was gone. And uh, Jonathan, we'll look at verse 42. Jonathan said to David, go in peace for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord be between me and thee and between the, my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. So we see David now begins his first uh, run where he's running now, um, where Saul is, has decided finally um, that he wants David gone for good. And, uh, and he'll still waver on this again, but nonetheless, uh, Saul ultimately has, has been afraid of David. And uh, we looked at that last week. And, uh, and we've seen David in, up to this point act wisely. And uh, we've seen where he was wise at how he dealt with Saul. He was wise with how he lived his life. But we get into chapter 21 now, and we see David on the run. We see him um, act less wisely and more naturally. Um, and we see, first of all, here in this chapter, we see that he, he, he has actions in fear. Look in verse number um, 1. Uh, let's go through verse number 3. It says, Then came David to Nob, uh, to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David, and said unto him, Why art thou alone, and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business, and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I, I have commanded thee. And I have appointed my servant, uh, servants to such and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or what uh, there is present. So we see David here, he's on the run, he comes in and he sees Ahimelech the priest, and uh, Ahimelech says it, it's odd for David to be alone, um, he is a commander of armies, and uh, he comes out by himself and he says, why are you alone? And David lies to him in verse number two, he says, the king has commanded me a business, which is not at all what the king had done, and, uh, and so we see David, and we're going to see this in David's life um, at times where he just he has this lack of judgment and uh, and he here he's, he's he's afraid for his life ultimately and uh, and so again when I look at David just fr from my eyes I look at David I, I don't blame him um, because he's probably the same thing that I would have done and uh, he's fearful for his life and he's running but he has that fear whereas previously when he, when even when Saul tried to kill him previously the Bible says he acted wisely. And in this case, we don't see that. And so David in his fear, um, and fear produces wrong actions. And so he lies here in verse number two. Um, we know David struggled with lying. Psalm 119.29 says, Remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy, thy law graciously. Um, this is not, not a one-time thing for David. And if you think through your life, um, if you can look at your life through clear glasses, 
um, you see there are areas that you probably struggle with, things that, that are uh, maybe not habitual where it's all the time, but things that over time it seems to come back into your life again. And I know my parents just, I mean, honesty was such an important thing in our home. And it was something that we were taught and something that was not permitted um, uh, to lie. We were not permitted to lie. Lying was one of those things that got you in as much trouble as anything else. If you came home late and the reason why wasn't the truth, it got you in more trouble. Um, I don't know if your parents were that way or not, but my parents were, you know, you come, why were you late? And, uh, and if the answer was, you know, someone else's fault or, um, you know, whatever it was, and it wasn't just, I didn't look at my watch. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what time it was and, uh, you know, I, I was wrong. Then you got in more trouble for lying about, about, about the situation. Well, David had issues with lying throughout his life at times. And then we see verse number four and verse number five. So he's asking, um, for something to eat. He says, give me five loaves or whatever you've got. And verse number four, the priest answered David and said, there is no common bread under my hand, but there is hallowed bread. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him of truth, women have been kept uh, from us about these three days since I came out and the vessels of the young men are holy and, uh, uh, and the bread is in a manner common. Yea, though we're sanctified this day in the vessel. And so the priest gives him uh, the bread that was being used in the tabernacle here where they had um, typically the, the priests, the workers there, the day after they used it would eat it. Um, and it's what they would use to eat. But the bread that he had had been offered uh, during that day. So it wasn't even there for the priests to eat yet. And it was still being used, so to say, in the religious action um, there and the, and the symbolism that was there. And, uh, and he said, basically, there's, there's one way that I can permit you to have it, and that's if, if you've been kept from women uh, uh, for three days. And David said he had. Now, we don't know if that's true or not, uh, but we know that David knew the rules. So David didn't come into this not knowing what was necessary for him to have that bread. And, uh, and he chose to stick with what his story was and um, to, uh, to eat, eat this bread. And that's exactly what he did uh, in verse number 6. Um, but in verse number 7, we see, uh, well, I'm going to skip that for a second. We'll come back to that in just a second. We see that not only was David looking for, for food, um, and he was doing it uh, hastily and not wisely, he was also looking for protection. Look in verse number 8. It says, And David said unto Ahimelech, uh, and is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And, uh, and so in verse number 9 it says, The priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. And if thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that, give it me. So we see that um, this sword that was Goliath's, that David used to cut off Goliath's head, was being kept here for safekeeping and as a memorial. It was one of those, it was a relic, um, ultimately, at this point. It was kind of a, a memorial for everyone to remember what God had did uh, there with Goliath. And David says, I'll take it. There's nothing like it. Um, if there's, and I'm, I'm using my own opinion here slightly, but 
Uh, you know, basically, if anyone sees me carrying around Goliath's sword, it will induce a feeling. Um, it will probably help keep me safe. It will probably help uh, with just that general just um, appearance of power um, at this point. So David was not leaning on God as he did against Goliath. If you think through that battle with Goliath where David was so bold and God will give us the victory, God will deliver us. And yet when Saul now, and he had already tried to kill David multiple times, but when it came to the point where Jonathan said, David, you've got to get out of here. It's not safe. You just can't be here anymore. David didn't have the same boldness that God will deliver me. Now listen, God used the things that David did in David's life and in Saul's life in this whole moments between David leaving and, and Saul dying. There are things that God used to teach us to teach David, to teach Saul, to teach the nation. But had David, uh, when Jonathan said, you got to get out of here, had David went to God and David depended on God to deliver him, ultimately David did depend on God to deliver him, but he went through a lot of running first. And, uh, and so, you know, we don't, we don't get, there's, there's more to the story. God's given us what we need, uh, but there's more to the story. We don't know. Maybe, maybe there was moments where David had conversations with God. I mean, we read through Psalm and we see all the prayers that David prayed. And you see, David was not a man who lacked for prayer. That being said, there were moments in David's life, again, lapses in David's life, where he did not do the right thing. And here he's running. Um, he now is, he gets, uh, eats food that really he probably should not have eaten. He takes a sword that really he probably should not have taken. And he does this all while making some tactical errors as well. Not just unwise spiritual moves, but unwise physical moves too. We go back to verse number 7. It says in verse number 7, Now a certain man of a servant of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, and the Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. So David is here with Ahimelech, giving him this story, and asking for food, and taking Goliath's sword, and while he's doing it, Doeg, the Edomite, uh, was there. Now, Doeg, he was not a Hebrew. Uh, he was not an Israelite, but he had uh, um, converted, so to say. It's probably the best word for it. He had embraced what it meant to be a Jew at this time. And, uh, and he was a servant of Saul. He was in charge of the, um, of, of the, the sheep here, of, of the herds that Saul had. And, uh, but he was there. Uh, and, and right as David was doing all this, and he heard and saw all that was going on. So look at, um, well, that, that's the first tactical error David made. He didn't pay attention to who was around. All right, but then he makes more. Look in verse number 10. He says, uh, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Uh, and did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul is slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands? Uh, so these, he gets on to Gath, and Gath, by the way, is the enemy, owned by the Philistines. Um, they are Philistine property, and if you don't know this, David and the Philistines did not have a great relationship. Um, there was this Philistine guy named Goliath um, that a lot of people liked, and then David killed him. And so then the Philistines really didn't like David, all right? So they didn't cheer 
like the, the ladies did when David came into town. And now he's in Gath, right in the midst of the enemy, enemy territory, so to say. And I don't know why he thought no one would know who he was. Now, I know there wasn't TV and social media and all that kind of stuff, but David was probably the most popular person around in both the Philistine lands and the Israelite lands, right? I mean, he killed Goliath. And so someone says, hey, isn't this David? And look at what uh, David does in verse number 12. David laid up these words in his heart and was so afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he's, he's there because he's afraid of Saul in verse number 10. Now he's afraid of Achish in verse number 12. In verse number 13, it says he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. He acted like a crazy man. He acted like the uh, maniac of Gadara. And he's just, he just starts acting crazy. Scratching on the doors, uh, letting drool come down and get all over his beard and just looking wild and, and crazy. And verse number 14, by the way, it works. The, then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? I have, have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Look in verse number 1 of chapter 22. David therefore departed from thence and escaped the cave, to the cave uh, Edulam. And when his uh, uh, brethren, uh, brethren and all his fathers heard it, they went down thither to him. So David gets out of this predicament that he put himself in. And why did he put himself there? Because he was afraid. He was afraid of Saul. So he ran to, to Gath, and then he got there, and all of a sudden he was afraid of Achish. And now he's afraid about a lot of things. He's put himself in a really, really bad spot. And so David begins to build a following, and we see it there at the end of verse number 1, where his father's house um, and his brethren, when they heard it, they went thither to him. Look in verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and became, he became captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. And so David here begins to build his army, his following. He's running from Saul, but he's not the only person who had issues with Saul. Um, there were people in debt. Um, there were people who were discontented, it says. Um, there were those who were in distress. So people who had issues, they all just came to, came to David. And he gets 400 guys now. They're living out of caves um, and, uh, and they're, they're basically on the run. David's on the run, um, but now he's got some people with him. He's got a following. And I think we'll see throughout David's life, the following that David gets on his own it doesn't usually help him. Um, you know, he had a following because God used them to defeat Goliath, but as the crowds began to chant, you know, David's killed 10,000s. Well, I mean, David was a warrior, and we know that he was put in charge of military, and we know that he was successful, and he was a, a valiant man and a man of war. But, but the moment the, the eyes turned off of God and on to David, trouble came. And it's not always, and it wasn't always David's fault, meaning that the crowds were chanting, right? They weren't giving glory to God. David did. When he killed Goliath, David gave glory to God. Um, but over time, as things went on, God wasn't getting the glory anymore. David was getting glory. Saul was getting some glory. But God wasn't. Now, God was going to use it for his glory, and he does to this day uses it for his glory. But David 
he made his mistakes. He had his, his downfalls. He had his lapses in judgment, for lack of a better term. And we see him making mistakes out of fear um, and, and just making unwise decisions just moments after we read about him acting wisely. And so that brings us back to us then. Okay, so what are we supposed to do? Well, first of all, we need to act wisely. Um, and, and in order to act wisely, you cannot act out of fear. Uh, so whatever it is that you fear, you need to go to God and you need to seek his wisdom and his guidance on it. Um, you know, the verse that has brought me the most instant relief has been what time I am afraid. You know, and I heard it, Pastor Pirate sang a song about it and everything like that. And so that's in my head, of course. But when I'm afraid, I go to God. And I have used that in literal moments where I was afraid. And I just quote the verse. And then I pray, God, take away my fear. God, give me wisdom. God, bring me out of this mess, whatever, whatever the situation is. What time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. Um, you know, David, that's, that's what he was missing here. And again, we don't, we don't have the whole story. So maybe there were conversations that David had with God that God didn't make us privy to. But what we see and what we read in, in the text here is that David was afraid. And so he made mistakes. And the reality is, is that's no different for us today. When we're afraid, we're going to make mistakes. And so we need to go to God. We need to seek his help, his deliverance, um, and his wisdom to bring us out of those situations and the circumstances in which we fear um, to gain that victory over that also. Um, I just like, the thing I like about David, and we're going to look throughout his life, I just think it's such a perfect illustration of us and the ups and downs, the good moments and the bad moments. We see everything with David. We see David who was a man after God's own heart. We see David who was chosen amongst his brethren, uh, amongst the nation. We see David who was chosen for a larger purpose than his life. And we see we see so much from David. We get to see some of David's prayers and his thought process. We get to see his, his depression. Um, we get to see his sin. We get to see his forgiveness and his restoration and his boldness and his weakness. We get to see all of it. And it's the same thing that we do in our lives. We go through all these different things. And so that's what I love about David. I love that God gave us it to see it about David. Someone who was at the highest of highs. Um, yet we get to see the ins and out of his life. Because, you know, there are guys in the Bible where we only get to see the lows. And there are guys in the Bible and ladies where we only get to see the highs um, for the most part. And to be able to see, you know, we see guys, um, Noah, we see Noah, and, and most of his life is good, and we see at the end it's, it's bad. Um, you know, and he's not the only one that's like this. But with David, we get to see throughout his life the ups and downs. And to me, there's so much we can take from it, so much that we can apply to our own lives, that it's not just, man, we live this great life and at the end failed. No, it's, it's oh, day by day, good moments and bad moments and, and, and just great um, being used of God in a great way, then being brought so low. Um, and, and to me, it's the roller coaster that we live, and therefore it's, it's one of the, the most important roller coasters that we can study in Scripture is to see what God did in David's life um, and how God used him when he was right and what God did when he was wrong and then what David did when he was right and what David did when he was wrong. Because, again, God gives us so much of David's prayers um, that have been inspired for us to have that we can just see those are the prayers we got to pray. 
Those are the prayers we got to pray. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So we'll continue to look at David's life and hopefully continue to learn um, that on the highs, on the lows, on the goods, on the bads, um, there's things that we can learn and, and apply to our lives and, and use them properly within our lives as well. I'll pray in just a moment. Um, reminder, Wednesday night at 6.30, if you can be here, I'd love to have you. Next Sunday, we've got the business meeting. Uh, we'll do that in the afternoon. And then um, two birthdays this week, Tuesday for Miss Julie, Saturday for